0: Thank you for listening to the 26th episode of The Career Planning Show, which aims to help you launch and grow a fulfilling career. Welcome to The Career Planning Show. Our guest today is Mary Biorek. How are you, Mary?
1: I'm doing fantastic. It's great to be here, Alex.
0: Well, it's really great to have you with us. Mary, can you please introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Um, So my name is Mary Bayogak. I am uh, a work life coach, um, which means that I work with people who are in transition points in their career life. It could mean um, that they're changing roles and kind of feeling stuck and overwhelmed. It could be people that um, are thinking about changing jobs, so they're kind of noticing that something in their work isn't working, or they want to be doing something different because of life circumstances, um, or they're feeling stuck and kind of overwhelmed in general in their in their work, and so I help them and guide them to figure out kind of what is most important to them and how to live it out um, in their life. Essentially, how to how to have their work be expression of who they are, rather than have it go the other way and for us trying to fit ourselves into a certain mold um, of what what work and how we are supposed to be at work looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds really interesting when you were younger and you were mapping out your career, thinking about what you should do in, th- in terms of work, it, was this something that you knew you'd get into, or can you walk us through your um, educational and career journey so far?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, career coaching and coaching was not on my radar uh, at all. Um, in high school, I actually thought I was going to go into math. I was like, I'm definitely going into math, um, but it's not, it's not the, 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 degree that I ended up doing, I actually ended up studying um, at the University of Waterloo in a program called Knowledge Integration. It's an interdisciplinary program where the idea is to become an expert in a variety of different fields, uh, to act as a bridge between different disciplines because the world's problems are more complex than kind of the silos that we put them in, and we need people in between these these, um, different disciplines to be able to talk to, to one another. Um, I loved it. It was one of the best experiences that, that I've had. My, um, like I've learned so much around problem solving, design thinking, which are still skills that I am using to this, to this day. Um, because of the program, it was very open-ended. We kind of had core courses and you could decide where you wanted to take your path. I really loved working with people. I did a couple of different internships Um, from working at a winery to working kind of at the the visitor center and and working with new students coming in. Um, And I also worked at Disney World, which is the best customer service provider in the world. And that's where I wanted to to work there. Um, And from there, I actually went and worked at an inventory management software company as a customer service agent, kind of working with people closely, uh, one on one and noticed that I wanted to do more more work in in kind of shaping people's experiences directly. So I then um, moved over to a a company, downtown Toronto, um, King and Bay on, uh, to be a user experience designer for a financial consulting agency, which essentially means um, if you have a banking app um, and you're trying to make a, a transfer, somebody had to think about where to put the button in order for it to be the easiest to find um, that experience. Someone had to talk to people, see what worked and what didn't work. Um, and in particular, for a financial consulting agency, it means working with banks or credit unions or kind of finance institutions. And I, it was it a was really good job on paper. Again, King of Bay, kind of the corporate lifestyle, but something was missing for me. I wasn't really working with people one-on-one, it, it wasn't the environment that I really wanted to, to be a part of. I, I was commuting an hour and a half one way every single day, so law was being taken out of me, but I really didn't know what steps to, to take next. And I've already kind of switched jobs a couple of times. And at that time, I uh, went on a hiking road trip with my friend uh, through the Southwest United States. If you've never been, I highly recommend. Zion um, and like Utah in general is absolutely beautiful. And there was a moment on that trip that essentially changed my life and and was the pivotal moment of how I got to where I am right now, which was the experience of climbing this gigantic rock called Angel's Landing. It's the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous hikes you can do. You're like, crawl up these, chains we woke up at 6 a.m so we could get there before like people got up there too and I we we kind of scrambled up the rock beautiful view and and scramble back down and I had this moment of thinking to myself if I can do this I can do anything so I went back to my job and I quit it that day um my two-week notice (laughs) I don't know if I'd recommend that for for everyone definitely not a thing to 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 kind of do um off the bat but I didn't have any financial responsibilities I didn't have any kind of um family um
0: did you have any financial question though uh
1: yes I actually saved up I saved up knowing um when I was working at the at the um financial consulting agency I was saving up money I think anticipating this happening in some way so there was some subconscious happening um and I and I gave myself a period of about three months of like if I don't figure by three months I can always go back to it that's the thing I felt like I could always go back to a similar type of work um so I drove three days to Halifax to do like a two-month retreat um and every single day I woke up being like what am I supposed to be doing um, during that time, I read the book Designing Your Life by uh, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. I would highly, highly recommend it um, as a book for anybody wanting to figure out what they want to be doing in their life, but also in their in their career life. Every single chapter ends with like an exercise uh, to do. And so I went through those. And and to this day, I have my odyssey uh, plans kind of like for the next five years at the time. Um, I'm also a huge learner, so I decided to uh, take a life coaching course during that time, and I fell in love. I fell in love with the, the problem solving aspect, the sharing of knowledge, um, and it was something that I wanted to to give it a try. It was the closest thing that I had about bringing in autonomy and being able to work remotely and kind of arrange my life around my work rather or have work be a part of my life rather than arrange my life around my, around my work. And, um, so I gave it a try with prototyping a couple of times. That's what they talk about in designing your life. Just like, give it a try. Don't kind of jump head into it, like head straight into it, but give it a try. So I ran a couple of workshops, did a couple of free sessions with my friends and family. um, and then in 2020 in January, so it'll be two years, almost exactly. I opened my coaching, uh, business. And I gave myself a year. I always with any job that I start, I give myself a year. If within the year, if after a year, I'm still learning and still like it, I'm going to keep doing it. But until then it's like, okay, once you go through a year, go through the entire, entire cycle. And yeah, it's been two years and it's been the most rewarding and challenging experience I've ever had. Um, and I honestly can't imagine doing anything else.
0: That's brilliant. And as you were uh, making that decision as to what to do with your career, obviously the the experience that you had at the retreat and the opportunity to reflect, which is something that not many of us have the opportunity to do. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of us are in in a very busy environment and we're delivering and, you know, we barely find enough time to sit down and reflect um, when it comes to. what's most important to us do you have any thoughts about how one can go about identifying what are some of the most important aspects of their lives and um, how how to go about prioritizing those
1: Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great question I love what you're bringing up about our lives are so busy and and there isn't space um And I actually want to to challenge that a little bit. And I heard a quote once saying, if you're in a hurry, slow down. Hmm. So if there's so much business, busyness in your life, there is actually so much value in creating uh, even a small space of reflection, because there's so much impact that can happen in that small time that will actually influence the busyness. We're oftentimes busy, because there we don't, have a sense of the priorities that we hold and how to, and how to um, orient our lives to that can often kind of feel like a rag doll being pulled in all these different directions. So taking even an hour out can make a, make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like the first, the first portion of it. And oftentimes it's, it's in our busy lives, it's hard to think about Um, what's important because it feels like this really, really large thing that is overwhelming and we'll need to get it right. Mm. And I would actually, um, say that it's important to remember that this assessment of what is the most important in our lives and in careers is actually an ongoing process. So it's not that we have to figure it right away, but figure out what is the most important for us at this time in our lives. Um, one of the ways that i've often actually done it is a is a simple exercise that uh, like a values exercise where you narrow down from around 90 values to your top five and it's a process from which you identify what isn't important to you and what um, is it's actually the um the worksheet that i have free on my website so like it can be accessed uh easily um, and it is a really powerful exercise to figure out what is important to us because our career and our personal lives are actually more intertwined than, than we think they are. Once we figure out what is important to us in, in our lives, we can actually then extrapolate to, to um, get a sense of how are we aligning work with it. Oftentimes, um, for example, like if autonomy is important to you in your life, then it's really valuable to see it in your work and be able to, to advocate for yourself to have more autonomy or to switch in, into, into different roles. If family is the most important thing to you, to, to know that your work and career is then a reflection um, of then that you make time and space uh, for, for family. And the second part that you asked, was like prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Um, once we identify the priorities um, that we have in our lives, it's essentially then again, a a uh, process of figuring out what works at the time. So like, we might think that our priorities are like family and then autonomy, um, community, community. Um, and the environment so getting a sense of what how do the priorities relate to one another by trying things out and having okay if the family is the most important thing how does that influence what how i care about the environment and and the um the autonomy that exists in our lives so it's like experimenting and then getting data back and and um iterating on it continuously mm-hmm
0: and if one of the items that stands out as you do such an assessment is the fact that your work and your work environment are very very valuable to you beyond just the you know the fact that you get paid for your work but it's it's really important because you realize that you spend 30 40 50 Have a friend 65, 70 hours a week at work. Um, and and you realize that the time that I spend there is a time is 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 oftentimes um more significant than the amount of time that you get to spend with family or others. And and therefore it is so important to um kind of calibrate your approach to where it is that you want to spend that chunk of time each and every day. How would you approach a conversation with someone who has in their mind that the grass is always greener on the other side as they're as they're thinking about their career they're working at company x and they realize that oh organization y in this other sector or um, company z in this other part of the country it looks really cool based on their website and social media shares and the one person that spoke at that conference I really would want to work for them based on, you know, that very, um, you know, simple surface level uh, presentation of what the organization is like. Do you have any thoughts on how one can go about assessing whether the grass is greener on the other side before they really step in with both feet?
1: Yeah, I love, love that question. I feel like we often get stuck in like, oh, the thing, the thing further away that's not here is far more interesting. The first step is, is I think really getting honest with yourself about what is it um, that, about why is it that you're looking at that, at that company? Is it because you're running away from something or something is not okay in your environment right now? Um, And, and, Being honest and clear with yourself, whether that's something that you can control, that you can't change. Is it that your relationship with your boss is is frustrating you? Um, And take ownership of how much of it is your responsibility um, and how much of it is is something that you do have control over and influence, um, influence over. And then getting a sense of what is it that you want to move towards and were always we always more motivated to move towards something towards the positive rather than to running away from something because if we run away from something and we don't actually identify that it is it is very likely it's just going to follow us into this new place so the assessment of the grass is greener on the other other side then getting clear about like why am i moving why are the reasons that i feel attracted to that can i Um, and what are the the impacts of making that change because we we're really bad at projecting ourselves into the future we think we're going to be happier um, than we are right now and to take in what are the impacts of of changing do you um, do you like change how do you feel being in a new environment what is the social um, component of it and how do you relate to work like what is your relationship to work in the first place I have the exercise of thinking about if work was a person how would they look like to you are they a friend are they a collaborator Mm -hmm. are they a um like a um like a minor and you just like just just like getting called that that's is it a is it a boss that yells at you all the time how Mm -hmm. do you think about work Mm. and then from there figure out what is it um what is the what is the relationship with work that you want to have and where that that might happen what's even what's even sometimes less important, what is it exactly that you do What how you relate to it? Because over time, you can change things and influence things.
0: That's really interesting. And associated with that, I wonder, as one looks at a job description, and they're trying to identify what it is that that job description really reveals about the role and about the culture of the organization and about whether they are indeed a good fit. Oftentimes, job descriptions are just copy-pasted from a previous job description and uh, no deep thought is placed into, you know, are we really giving a true picture to this job candidate um, as to what the work environment would be like in this specific team within our organization? Um, Are we... Um, you know really crafting our job description in a way where it's truly reflective of our company or did we repurpose a job description from one of our competitors just because it fit the job posting that we're about to put forward which it does happen um, yeah unfortunately quite often and 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 um, it it almost becomes an exercise of realizing what is really being said in this job posting and what is what is it that me as a candidate I should be understanding as I'm putting forward my resume and cover letter and and preparing myself for the interview do you have any thoughts insights um, as to how someone um, might want to approach looking at a job description and 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 figure out if that particular role is indeed a good fit for their life or where they want to take their career.
1: Mm-hmm. I and I love that that question, what you're speaking to around the job descriptions and and um them being copy and pasted and oftentimes not being very reflective of, of, of what the job actually is, um, I think it's a larger, larger problem than even the companies themselves, but how we are approaching work and, and um, orienting very often companies to like filling seats rather than um, looking and finding people that are, that are um, wanting to work as a collective towards a larger goal. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's something to, to get a sense of is like, what is the, the culture of the campaign? What is how do they even think about the work that they are doing is mm-hmm. it a is it a, like a factory we just need to get people to fill spots to do the work or is it actually a collective experience of, of moving towards a goal um, together so that's kind of like a high level orientation um, mm-hmm. to getting a sense of, of, of the work. Um, uh, a step kind of below that is, again, uh, when a candidate thinks about looking for, for a job or a person is looking for a job, I would first invite them to get really clear about what is it that they want from the job itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, one format of it is to create three columns that say the job must have, it's nice to have, and can't have. Mm-hmm. This then creates a lens for yourself to orient um to what is there are things the most important? What are the things that can be um, kind of, uh, that they're negotiable? And what are the things that you're definitely going to stay away from? It is then a filter to, to use when you're going through job dest- descriptions um, and through even then an interview process, because then you have a sense of what is it that you want and how does the job fit you rather than you trying to mold yourself. It creates, a, it creates a kind of stakes in the ground that you can then, that you can then, um, then work with. In terms of how to think about the job description um, itself, it is um, first of all being aware that um, a lot of them are copy and paste. Kind of seeing little um, little notices of even how they use language. Um, oftentimes, things like superstar and ninja are actually quite an immature uh, level of a of a of a company. So, getting a sense of what what. Are they even saying between the lines um, and how they're presenting their information? Inclusion is also a really really big thing. Um, So it's it's seeing the the job description as as kind of a a lens to look into what the company um, is um, and how further interactions with them might look like because it is a it's during the interview process it feels like we're being tested very often it feels like we're the ones that are that that uh, like is a pass or a fail whether a company uh will will hire us or not it kind of brings up the whole school school uh testing culture but in reality there's actually a dance that exists between the the employer and the person who wants to seek the job because people who desire to sh- to kind of contribute to the world and a and company and a and collective essentially if people want to do that thing will not treat the person that they are wanting to employ as a as a um as disposable <laughs> which is again kind of a larger a larger um issue in i think in the job marker and how we think about work and and career
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it, there's, there's a lot of layers to unpack there and we could definitely go quite deep on it. Um, I wonder um, if we can shift gears and think about one of your clients, someone that mm. you've helped in the past, would you be able to share an experience of someone who uh, you've helped? And um, because in my mind, that's probably one of the biggest joys as a life and career coach is to see a change occur in, in a client's life.
1: Oh uh yes I that's one of my favorite things to experience my the, the reason why I coach and why I love doing what I'm doing is because I want to lift people up like I want them to to express themselves in the world and contribute to the larger to the larger um whole and one of those people was um a client of mine who um finished their master's degree and was working for actually a research uh, company that was working on, on on COVID things. So like very relevant, very kind of kind of big. Um, and when they started working with me, they realized this job wasn't what they thought it was going to be. They were like, I don't know what to do. I feel stuck right now. Like the, the contract might be, well, the contract is renewing. Do I want to renew? Do I not renew? Um, kind of a work situation wasn't what they wanted. And so the first step that we that we went to was identified what um, what is it that's most important to them in their life and in their in their work um, such things as, as work-life balance came out um, as using particular um, kind of um, programming skills that they weren't using at the time um, what other things were there um, being able to have a supportive and kind of learning environment, learning skills that are, that are soft skills that are, that are able to be, to be transferable. Um, and and recognized, they recognized how much of that wasn't actually happening in their work. Oftentimes, awareness is just the first step to making a change and recognizing, oh, how much am I giving up and how much am I not actually in a, being in alignment with myself um, was even helpful to be like, OK, there actually needs needs to be a change, change that happens. Uh, from then we um, identified possible paths oftentimes it's just like well I, I, I don't want to be doing this anymore what do I what do I do now we oftentimes know it's just it just feels overwhelming so the process we went through was actually odyssey planning which was it's which is in the designing your life uh, book which is a planning for the next five years and and planning in the sense of like if I was to go down this path how would this look like over the next five years how would my life look Look like so it's an imagining exercise to get a sense of oh if this is actually the path I would go these are the things that would that would need to be happening and, and these are the things that I know and what I don't know so we identified three paths that they were that they were thinking of just so one doing their PhD another one going into um, industry and another one going into nonprofit. and uh, through that they recognized um, and this is kind of how op- happening over a couple of of weeks and a couple of months, they recognized that they um, were actually over romanticizing the nonprofit business because um, I was asking them like, what do you know? Have you ever worked for a nonprofit? Do you know what this experience is? Um, It it came out that they really wanted to make an impact on the world and they didn't want to go into industry because they were afraid they were going to to just have to sacrifice impact to to the work that they were doing. Um, so it was also an exercise that further clarified what is it that they wanted to be doing and what is it that they that they had still questions about so um, i then invited them to do kind of little prototypes of, like talk to anyone who's in the nonprofit business um, look into some companies and look into some phds how do you feel about that how was your experience of your master's um, degree and where are you finding yourself at um, and from there um, through some prototypes they recognized that they actually wanted to go um, into industry and wanted to work with uh, some companies, uh, that were then fulfilling their can't have, must have, uh, nice to have, and can't have, um, and so they they went, they applied to a couple of different organizations in different in different um, um, kind of lay, um, different different industries, but kind of different companies, different types of companies, a really large one, a really small one, um, and then we had conversations, kind of again a large company, how do you think you'd feel that? What's important to you about this one? What's not important to you in this one? Um, we also went through um, the fears of being rejected, fears of, of um, kind of being overwhelmed with so many things uh, to do at once and and um, created strategies to um, to detangle from the work that they were that they were doing at the moment because they were still in the in the environment they were in, we actually talked about um, like breaking up with work um, and just just going to work to 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 be there for that amount of time, knowing that they were going to shift into something else. And that changed their experience um, quite a bit. So over a couple of months, they they applied. They kind of got down to two or three companies that they interviewed with, um, and they're right now actually working. They just finished their their kind of training at the company and decided to go with. And they're like, "I love this. I'm so happy. I did it." And it was that whole journey of of um, recognizing what's important and then mo- making small steps uh, towards it. And and they know that they will be learning there and maybe over time they will again switch to something different and it doesn't feel like they're stuck but feel far more agency capacity and being like oh this is uh i feel much more grounded in the work that i'm doing knowing i have capacity to to shift and and adjust and align my life continuously as as life changes
0: that's great well thank you so much for sharing that that client story i i find it fascinating to to hear how you know we're able to help others through our work in, in different ways. Yeah, I pass it back to you uh, if there's any final thought and, and maybe share how someone can get in touch with you.
1: Yeah, um, I think a final thought that I have is just encouraging people to keep trying things out. I think we often get really afraid of, of trying, especially in our career lives, because it's supposed to be a straight path. We're supposed to know what we, what we want to be doing from the beginning, uh, but it's not. It's really wavy and that's part of the adventure and the joy of it. Um, And knowing that we can't really fail. We think doing equals success and failure, but doing is actually a continuous learning and doing process um, over and over again. So I wanna encourage, encourage people to just like, try things out, experiment. You'll never know what might come out of it.
0: That's great. And your website?
1: My website will be lifeworthlovingcoaching.com uh, and you can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook. It'll be lifeworthloving.coaching uh, uh, and links will be uh, down below.
0: All right. Well, Mary Bayerek, thank you so much for being a guest on the Career Planning Show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Alex. It was a joy.
0: If you enjoyed this interview with Mary Bayerek, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it and share it with a friend.